Kedushin Perik Dalad, Mishnah Yud Dalad, 414, the last of the Perik, the last of the Masech, the last of the Seder, and it's a big one. There's a lot going on here in this uh, Mishnah. The starting point is really where we picked off, we left off, I should say, at the previous Mishnah, which was different um, enactments by the rabbis to keep people away from sin, and to that extent it says, Rebbe Yehuda Omer, Rebbe holds, Lo Yira Ravak Behema. Someone who is Ravak, again, the same machlokus, what that means from the previous Mishnah, either someone who isn't married or who is never married, um, should not be one who shepherds uh, livestock. The concern here, according to Yehuda, is um, impropriety with the animals, but um, period. Velo yishanu shnei Ravakim betalas achas, and similarly, we're not talking here about uh, shepherding at all, Rebut holds in general, two Ravakim, again, bachelors, um, should not be sleeping under the same talus, same blanket. Again, it's improper, it looks improper, it could lead to propriety, not okay. The Chacham Matir and the Chacham say no, uh, both of these matters is, um, they, they they permit it, because they hold that Kalah uh, Yisrael are Kadoshim, are not Nechsha, they're not suspected of either uh, bestiality or uh, homosexuality. Now, um, that said, the halacha is, when it comes to animals, it's not a problem. Uh, it is brought down that in a place where um, uh, Mishkav Zachar is, is Nifratz, where the where it's like more widespread, um, Jewish men should be more careful and try to keep away from Yichud, even with men. At all events, Shulchan Aruch Paskins, that um, sleeping under the same, in the same blanket with another man is not acceptable, um, period. Now, in the previous Mishnah, we had um, the possibility of understanding that one man and two women was considered to be unacceptable, um, but with three women, it's no longer Yichud. So here, the Mishnah says, even if three women are not Yichud, that's a machlokus, but even if we say three women are not Yichud, uh, someone whose career, his job is to always be involved with women, so he should not have Yichud with them, even with three or more, because he's got a more like familiar relationship with them, and again, it's a recipe for trouble. We Paskin, of course, that one man plus any number of women is still Yehud, so Paskinazim is not, no, no, not a non-starter. Lo yilamed adam es beno umnus ben hanashim, says the Tana here, when a man teaches his son a trade, and we'll see here, and it's brought down the halacha, that there's an obligation for a man to teach his son a trade, so he can earn honest living. Um, here the mission says he shouldn't teach his son a trade, which involves spending a lot of time with women, you know, like being like a, a jeweler or, I don't know, you know, selling, you know, bacon goods, I don't know what. Um, rather, um, he should find a, a more appropriate job that wouldn't lead to that kind of potential problem. Rabbi Meir Omer la'olam yilamad adam es beno umnos nekia v'kala. So now we're transitioning um, from from women now, men and women, to just more um, career and teaching your children trade in general. Rabbi Meir here, which is the baseline position, is saying, listen, teach your son a trade that is nikia v'kala, literally clean and light. Uh, exactly what that means, they're different pshatim. They could, in truth, all be true. Um, either it means quite literally, you know, clean, like washi, you know, like a white-collar job as opposed to a blue-collar job. Kala, you know, not, not back-breaking in nature. Um, so the suggestion is like being like a, let's say, a, a, a weaver, a maesarokim doing um, embroidery and stuff like that, perhaps. Um, others learn the issue here is nikia clean means clean from sin. So far from the kinds of careers that are prone to um, like uh, either 
criminal activity or even you know moral turpitude or even you know they compromise your your uh, your morals so avoid all that others learn that it's referring to Nikia Vakala uh, work that one can do and that will sort of minimize the, his the burden on him so he'll be able to maximize his time to learn Torah any or all those can be true because as the Reb Meir continues here, Obviously you're concerned if you don't do a hard-working job, you'll assume, in the time of the Mishnah, for sure you'll assume, that you'll make less money, you'll have less, you know, material um, a blessing. So he says, no, of course not. Material blessing doesn't come from the work you do. Rather, you got to pray to the one um, with whom the wealth and property resides, meaning Hashem. She'ein umanos, she'ein ba'anios vashiros. In every career path, there are successful, not successful um, people in that particular occupation. So you could end up, you know, being successful or not. And it's not about the trade. Shlo anios min ha'umnos. It's not the poverty which comes from not a great profession. Velo ashiros min ha'umnos. And it's not the wealth that comes from a particular profession. Ela ha'kolafi zechuso. It all comes from heaven. Zechuso means one's merit. There are different pshatim here. Either means his chus, meaning that he, um, he he merits it because he's a good guy, and that would be coupled with, you know, Rach Shemaim, of course. And there are others who learn that Zuchus here is referring to something like along the lines of Mazal, like his his destiny, meaning that although we don't really believe in fate in the Torah, for sure, a person comes down here to do some tikkun to rectify whatever he has to rectify, his soul needs rectification, and that will largely often depend upon the situation in which he finds himself, and if your mission is to work on so then it might well be that being in a situation of poverty is to your benefit and to your your needs, your soul's needs. The point is that that would be your muzzle. You just you're, you're, you have a destiny of, of living this kind of lifestyle because that's in your best interest, whatever the story is. So that could be as well. Now, continuing on, along this line of thought, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar Omer. Rabbi Shimon Elazar says, Have you ever seen a wild animal or a bird that has a profession? Obviously not. Vehain misparnas in Shalobitsar. And yet they seem to do okay. Um, you know, they, they don't go hungry at night necessarily. They're not suffering. Valo lo nivru and the whole purpose of their creation was um, to serve me, the Talmud Chacham. That's what the Bria, the birds and the wild animals were here to do. Vaani And my purpose, like higher up on the totem pole, is to serve Hashem, my creator, directly. So, Eino Din, isn't it just totally logical? Parnes It stands to reason that I should be able to also support myself without um, undue suffering. It seems that this um, Rabbi, Lezer, Rabbi Shimon Lazar, you know, had struggles with his Parnasa, as basically we all do. And he says, so it's, since the, it's, it seems, stands to reason that by the order of things, Parnassar should come easy. The fact that it doesn't would indicate that it's something that he did, that his his actions caused him um, trouble, which curtailed, kipachti, like cut short, cut off, um, his Parnassar. Now, there are those who learn he's taking responsibility on his own shoulders for his own activity. Others learn this is referring actually to the original chait of Adam Harishon, um, of whom we are all like splintered, you know, descendants, from that that original soul of Adam, and as B'nai Adam, we also suffer from the chait because the consequences was the klala, that from the sweat of your brow, you'll be able to support yourself to eat food. So the point is, because of that sin, we've found ourselves 
in a situation that is unlike the other um, living creatures in the world, that we have to struggle to eke out a living. Abagurian ish tzadian omer mishum abaguria. So Abagurian said in the name of Abaguria, lo yilamed adam espano chamar gamal sapar sapan roe vechenvani. A person shouldn't train his son in those specific specific professions. It's like a blacklist. Um, Chamar is like a donkey driver. Gamal, a camel driver. Sapar. This is a Girsa question. The bartender seems to not have had the word Sapar. It means a barber. Um, the Yushalmi has Kadar in its place, which is like a wagon driver, more consistent. So I'll leave, I'll leave the barber Sapar thing out. Sapan is a sailor. So these are all people who are, you know, um, transporting. They're involved in logistics, transport, and so on. And then a roe, which is a shepherd, and chenvani is a shopkeeper. Because all these people, she'umanason umnus listim. It's full of thieves, full of crooks. These are career paths where everyone is taking advantage. Um, they're overcharging. They're not delivering as they should. Especially, you know, if you're like a chamar or a gamal or a sapan, you're transporting something. And, you know, if you're, if you're, when people need something desperately transported, then of course they're over a barrel and you can sort of extort them. So that's his point here that people, um, that happens to people. So these, 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 if you're in this career, you're, of course, a person could be an upright, you know, wagon driver, but it's prone to misbehavior and therefore he advises strongly against it. Rabbi Huda Omer Mishmo, Rabbi Huda says, no, 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 that's not what Abu Guria had said. He said in the name of Abu Guria, that wasn't quite the message. The message was, that hacharamin Ruben Rishaim. It's true when it comes to the donkey drivers. You know, like they're like um, mostly mostly wicked because they do exploit people. But vagamalin Ruben Ksherim. Most of the camel drivers are actually okay because listen, the camel drivers are are going on these like caravans out of town in the desert. It's much more dangerous, much less food and so on, um, and therefore they're much more prone to uh, to turn to Hashem to be you know good boys, and make sure that nothing bad happens to them, they pray, etc. There are those who learn, by the way, the issue of the Hamar and, and etc., all these transporters are that they're traveling through people's backyards, and they're liable to, you know, help themselves to the, you know, the firewood and people's, you know, property, and the fruit of their trees and so on. It's like um, taking because it don't belong to them. Gamal and Bibi Leso, if they're out there in the wilderness, like in the, in the desert and so on. Hasapanin Ruban Hasidim, says Rabbi Huda, and as for the sailors, they're actually... The vast majority of them are Hasidim. They're extra pious. Why? Because the ocean is a dangerous place. You're forced to turn to Hashem to pray um, sincerely. And uh, they'll, they'll, you know, be uh, God-fearing Jews. More than that, he says, this is quite a famous line in the Mishnah here, Tov Shebarofim Legehenim. The best of the doctors are headed to Gehenim. So now why would that be? Um, so one shot is that um, people who are doctors think they understand how the body works and how to take care of themselves. And that being the case, they're not afraid of getting sick, and they think they can have, you know, they don't really have bitachon Hashem, because they don't turn to Hashem, they think they can handle their own, their own, you know, well-being themselves. That's why Tov Shebarofim, the better the doctor, the less he relies on Hashem, the more he has, you know, faith in himself, which will be a one-way ticket to Gehenim. I shouldn't say not one-way ticket, but will be a, a surefire way to, to need rectification in Gehenim. There are others who learn um, that um, even if you're the best doctor with good intentions, still ends up doing bad things because there are always times you could have been more like um, alacritous, you know, Ms. Darez, to help someone and you didn't do help them in time and something bad happens to them, God forbid. Um, or sometimes doctors, you know, won't do work for people who can't pay them fully and so on. So that's that. V'hakasher shebetabachim shutafo shel amalek. Even like the, the, the best of the butchers 
um, are like partners with a malik. Why would that be? So a malik, there's two basic approaches here. One is a malik is the one who notoriously sowed the seeds of Suffolk, of doubt, into the heart of the Jews. And, you know, this, the butchers, because they don't lose money, there's a suffix about something being kosher, but they let it slide. So then the people buying the meat are not sure, is this really kosher? They're afraid. So then they have, like, suffix in their hearts. And then, you know, the next thing that happens is they say, oh, like, they get used to living and doing things that are not l'chachila and things that are, you know, kind of gray. That undermines our relationship with Hashem. That's what suffix does. So that's one approach. That's why it's a shut of Shalomalek, the bad butcher, the, excuse me, the good butcher who does, you know, this bad stuff. The other approach is that um, one of the primary midos of Amalek, besides fake like doubt in Hashem, is like a like a cruelty, like a ruthless, you know, heartlessness. As they, you know, they came to the the Nechashelim, what do you call it? the um, the stragglers, and they, you know, heartlessly attacked the stragglers in the back of Klai Israel. So the point is, people who are butchers are prone to, you know, that they're spending their life. They're killing animals, and therefore they lose the sort of sensitivity to, to life, become more calloused, and they come like you know, kind of like a cruel and ruthless. And that is um, a meter that is ingrained into them based on their activity, their their profession, which of course is um, undesirable. So th- that's why they're considered to be like a shutaf shalomalik because they are partners in that in that bad meter, if you will. And now the last part and a famous part of the Mishnah it says, "Rabbi Nehorai Omer, Maniach ani kol umanos shabolam ve'eni malamed es bini elatora." Rabbi Nohorai says, and this ostensibly really is being cholak in the first part of the Mishnah, where Rabbi Meir said there is a mitzvah to teach your son a, a trade, and he just recommended making a trade, which is Nakia Vakala, you know, clean and easy. He, Rabbi Nohorai, says, I maniach es ani kol umanos shabalam, I set aside all the professions of the world. Veni milamed es bini Torah, I only teach my son Torah and not a trade. Now, that sounds like he's arguing. However, the Gemara Erevin, Dafyud Gimel, says that Rabbi Nohorai is Rabbi Meir. So what's happening here, really, ostensibly, this is how Pnei Yeshua explains it, is that there is a tension that exists throughout, you know, this cults are cool on this topic, regarding should one be lurking, working or learning. Um, and the basic answer, in a nutshell, the very short answer is that for the vast majority of Kalashal, the normal thing to do is to do like Rabbi Yishmal, have a job, and working and learning together is what makes you mishkachas avon, what makes sure that in the end your learning isn't um, batel, as the Mishnah Avon says. However, there's always going to be a small number of exceptional people, like Rabbi Shem Bar Yechai, the Chareirav, um, and essentially it looks like Rabbi Nohorai's son as well, um, who are extraordinary and could dedicate themselves full-time to being tzaddikim, learning Torah, and that's all. And um, as the Ramam says, um, they 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 are parek. They throw off their shoulders the cheshbonos of the world, and and Hashem uh, they 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 don't starve to death. If you ever visited one of the gedolim, Ashkenazi gedolim in Eretz Yisrael, you see they didn't die. They lived till a hundred years old, but uh, they sure didn't live uh, a life of luxury. But but they lived and they became gedolim. So that's a possibility, says the Rambam. And here Rabbi Norai says, ostensibly because his son was extraordinary, that he taught his son only Torah. And actually, if you see in the Mishnah, carefully read it, it doesn't say that's what you're supposed to do, you, the reader, are supposed to do. It says, Ani, as for me, says Reb Nohrai, Eni Malamed as Beni, as for my particular son, because he was extraordinary, I only taught him Torah. She'adam ochel miskara bolam hazeh, because a person um, enjoys the benefits of Torah study in this world, v'hakeren kayemes lo lolam haba, 
and the benefit, meaning the sechar one gets for the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, that's saved away for him until the world to come. This, of course, we learned like in the beginning of Mesechus Pei, we say it every morning by Birchas HaTorah, that the, the, we have a basic principle that sechai Baha'i Olam Leka, there is no reward for the mitzvahs in this world, but their natural consequences, if you live a life of a principled life, and a thoughtful life, and an educated life, and you focus on how to be a better person and how to understand things, and uh, perfecting yourself and your perfection in the Vodas Hashem. So, of course, you're going to have a good life in this world in that regard. That's not a, that's not a reward. That's just a basic consequence. When it comes to other professions, it's just not like that. If a person has a regular job, a regular profession, but then he becomes unwell, he's sick. He becomes too old to work. He has some other kind of tsars which prevent him from being able to work. He simply can't support himself anymore doing his profession. So, certainly in the time of the Mishnah, in the welfare state, so a person would just essentially die from starvation if he can't support himself. God forbid. When it comes to Talmud Torah, it's your benefit when you're young and old. When you're a na'ar, you're na'arus, when you're a young person, so it keeps you out of trouble. But no stenis lo achris. And it gives you like a um, something to look forward to, a future and a, and a hope in your old age. What's the Pasuk which supports that you have, um, it keeps you out of trouble when you're young? The Pasuk says, and it's a question how to pronounce this word, but, but the Kove Hashem Yachalifu Koach, those who have faith in Hashem, um, their strength is renewed. Now, that proof text in and of itself, of course, is hard to understand how that proves that in your youth. Um, the Torah um, is to your benefit because the reason is really the previous pasuk in Yeshaya, the pasuk before that, talks about um, like the the no good nick children they get up to no good and they stumble and fall. And the next pasuk is our pasuk, which says those who are kovei, those who are kovei Hashem, who um, who put their faith in Hashem and aren't no good nicks, they're the ones who have their strength uh, renewed and they can and Hashem will support them. So that's the proof text for your youth. As for old age, what's the Pasuk which supports that uh, the Torah is to benefit then also? Because the Pasuk says, this is a Pasuk from Tehillim, which we say on, on a Friday night in part of, of uh, Kabbalah Shabbos, Od Yenuvan Beseva. Again, the Pasuk doesn't say too much as it's quoted here. Um, but uh, it goes on. So, Oru Nuvan Seva, Beseva means Beseva in their old age, they will continue to blossom. But um, the Pasuk says, they'll be like fresh and, you know, verdant and, and, and fresh and young. The context here, of course, is talking about the, the Tzadikim that are Shasulim, um, that are like kind of planted and growing by the water, which is a mushal to people sitting and plant themselves in the base of Midrash, those who are. The elderly people themselves also, their creativity and their their um, their chiyas, their life force is renewed by being in the base of Midrash. And that's the point over here, that they continue to, to grow and blossom like a young person, even in their old age. This is actually said regarding Avram Avinu, who it says, Avram zaken, v'ashem beirach es Avram bakol. Avram grew old. Avram lived to the age of 175, that's certainly very old, and Hashem blessed him with everything, every possible good thing, and that's, as the Mishnah is saying here now, by virtue of his involvement in his, we'll call it his Torah study, 
Because Matzinu Sha'asa Avram Avinu as Kol HaTorah Kula Ad Nitna. Even though the Torah hadn't been given yet, and therefore he didn't have Torah as it was revealed like in our Sinai, but uh, by a combination of his incredible intuition and his like great philosophical mind, as well as he was a Navi ultimately. So ultimately, Avram Avinu, while he didn't get the schar for doing the mitzvahs, because he was an end of mitzvah Ose, of course he didn't have the mitzvah to do, he was not mitzvah, he wasn't commanded to do essentially the mitzvahs, but he did keep the mitzvahs because he knew the Torah, and that's, the learning of the Torah and the knowing the Torah is what was to his benefit, and it gave him this Berechas Avram Bakol, the blessing of everything. Shneemar, as the Pasuk says, this is a Pasuk there in Bereshis, talking about how Avram did what he's supposed to do, um, keeping all the Torah. Asher Shama Avram Bakoli V'yishmor Mishmarti. Hashem listened to my voice and he kept my Mishmarti, that is like the Durabanans, Chazal understand, Mitzvosai, and my commandments. These are things, even that, if they're not explicitly in the Torah, but they kind of should be. Understood between the Torah, chukosai, the um, different commandments that don't have like a rationale necessarily that human beings can understand. He did those too. This sorosai, he also um, kept all the other instructions of the Torah. So Avram kind of did it all, and by virtue of him knowing the Torah and understanding the Torah, in that zechus, Avram was blessed, bakol with everything. And with that, Baruch Hashem Salak Maseches Kedushin. Mazel to everyone who finished Maseches Kedushin and uh, really all of Seder Nashim, Baruch Hashem. Uh, next up, Seder Nazikin, starting with Bava Kama Be'ez Hashem. <laughs>